It's Craggy Island Rugby, and this happened. Well, William, the, crew, the teams have just run in just before, uh, what, just on half past six, seven here, five minutes before kickoff. What are your thoughts on how we're going to do tonight? Well, the interprovincial match, uh, biggest game of the season so far, two wins, so let's make it three. They've got to go out and give it, give it a good, hard go and see what happens. Okay, William, 20, just 20 minutes gone. We're 9 0 down. We've got a penalty in a very kickable position. What's your thoughts so far? A very nervous start, very shaky. Um, Leinster playing a high tempo game. Reese Ruddock um, having a fantastic start for them. And we've, we need these three points right now. Yeah, a score here is vital, absolutely vital. We'll hold on and just see if he makes it. It's uh, Jack Carty kicking this week instead of Dara Leader. He's missed one from a similar position. After four or five minutes, we really need this to get into this game. That's 9 3. On a clock in this game. Okay, it's half time. Connacht are down nine points to three. They've survived some very hairy moments out there today, including John Muldoon in the Sinbin. What are your feelings on it now? Well, they've settled down a lot better in the last 20 minutes. Um, it was very frantic and very nervous at the start. Uh, Leinster have played in fits and starts, but the holding out there on the line for the last five minutes, huge advantage. And the TMO also intervening on the try. So, yep, much better effort, and they've got to kick in now early in the second half, Connacht, and stick with it. Yeah, yeah, I have to feel we're playing too much rugby in our own half. We need to start playing the game in their half to give us any sort of chance in this match. Okay, William, it's just 60 minutes gone. Connacht have gone into the league with a magnificent try from Kieran Marmion. What do you think we can do from here? Well, it's stunning turnaround really since half-time. Uh, Connacht have upped their work rate and they've got their precision back into their game. Um, from here, any anybody's game, but Connacht have really got their act together. It's looking good, it's looking good at the moment. Let's have a look rocket. Let's see what's happening in the next 20 minutes. believe that my voice is gone and that was just the most brilliant defensive performance in the last 15 minutes and uh, I, oh, I, oh. Oh, great night tonight in Galway a great That's night nothing like it that was Craggy Island rugby at its best <laughs> Craggy Island Rugby here, uh, episode three. And uh, yeah, just a regular win against Leinster, Alan Deacon. It was, it was just you know, your standard one point victory that we're beginning <laughs> to get used to now at this stage. Woohoo! William. Yeah, I'm still sort of a bit shocked, really. It's supposed to be half an hour, maybe 40 minutes after the game. Um, 
hard game to quantify. I haven't recorded it. I wish I had because it would be worth watching again. We started off very nervously and um, it took us a long time to settle. We were 9-0 down and struggling, I thought, to just get a foothold in the game. And then slowly we started working our way into it. The, the, the little bit of fear and nerves left us. And um, after that, it was just an all-out and a very old-style interprovincial Loved rugby it. match. Yeah, love that. Dave Finn has just arrived as well, ah. joining Alan, Alan and William on this podcast. And being introduced to them, William, uh, no, Dave, I, I Alan. It's the first time I met William. Uh, yeah, that was... There are times, and let's, let's be frank, I mean, Rob's an absolute professional. I just abandoned all forms of neutrality in the last ten minutes. I didn't care who knew. Uh, thankfully, the stuff I do at match means it doesn't come across. It was interesting. It was, it was a game, I think it turned on three points. The three points it turned on was, for once we got a TMO decision in our favour, with the hands, like compared to last year, where it was a clear from that forward pass, and it went in. Secondly, the scrum immediately afterwards, Buckley made a huge brand. They have to make a huge pound, pound and we get, the, we get the penalty from that. And even though... In its immediacy, it didn't lead to anything. Rob's tackle on Jimmy Gopper the midfield, which, as we were just talking to John Muldoon, he made a big point of mentioning that, because it raised the crowd. And once the crowd got into it, it was amazing. But this is the second game, in the, this is the third game of the three, where we have not conceded even a chance of a try in the second half. Yeah. The second game in a row where we've barely conceded a kickable penalty in the second half. Something is happening at halftime, whether it's the guys, in the, whether it's yeah. pass or it's the guys in the dressing room. Yeah. Something is clearly changing at halftime, where they've worked out what the opposition is doing, and they've worked out the ref. They yeah. work, seriously seem to have worked out the ref. By, and by the second half, the difference in discipline level and in performance level in the second half of all three games has been immense. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's the calmness. The calmness that wasn't there at the start. I actually noticed for the first time Mills wasn't on the sideline because I looked once we were playing this sort of mad old style Connacht rugby I thought where's the calmness gone and I, I, I purposely looked to see where Mills was yeah, yeah, yeah. and I couldn't see him oh no no what are we going to do but it was also knowing our injury luck he probably got injured carrying the water yeah, yeah something like that <laughs> but the other, the other thing that sort of sparked the crowd on the far side it was Robbie did it this side was Healy made a fantastic break on the far side and got through one or two, we couldn't. We just saw Healy getting hit. We thought next minute he was going off down the field, and that seemed to raise it as well. That there was one or two things that just sort of brought everything up. That was, it was just, um, yeah. I think we were in there 22 twice. If I'm right, once was a try. The other was the messed up line out. Yeah, my God, that's a good point. I didn't even really put that in, in context. No, I mean the red zone uh, again. Red zone, red zone statistics. Lights weren't on our. Leinster had one visit to our, our red zone in the second half. We had one, two visits to our red zone in the half. Both were in the second half. One shouldn't have been. We should have gone for the points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd actually Absolutely. done the sensible thing. We would have only been once in the 22. It's just when Ronaldson went to the corner, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And honestly to God, technically speaking, according to stats, stats guys would say that Marmion's visit to the 22 does not count because it didn't start in the, tw- the red zone. So technically speaking, we were never in the Leinster red zone. That's why we have a stats guy out here. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I love the way you talk about calmness, and I bring William in on it, but that's exactly the word Pat Lamb used afterwards. It's a calmness that they're trying to introduce to the team. And it's funny, we're, we're spotting that. Is, is that why something I asked uh, Pat was I haven't seen a Connick team William being able to get over big mistakes and figure things out two penalties in the scrum but they ended after the dominant scrum I wonder does that just come from uh, a sort of a lack of fear that seems to be in the team at the moment they're, they're, they're playing like that there's a lot of young guys and young guys 
don't suffer from fear and they don't have long memories of games that went wrong um, two one point wins in a row is uh, that's just a complete rarity for us yeah but you have guys here who have won a Grand Slam they're not afraid they're not afraid of the Leinsters and Munsters and Ulsters they don't care they've beaten them there's another another point I remember standing here I don't know we played Munster in a pre-season friendly years and years ago and I was watching Declan Kidney was standing with Anthony Foley and I said we were going for the line and we made a mess of it and we we um you know, they, they, they cleared. I said, Jesus, it's always the same. He says, yeah, it's the problem with Connacht Rugby. They don't know how to stay calm. Wow. That was 10 years ago, yeah. if it was that time. And it was exactly that. And that's the difference I'm seeing. Is In that Edinburgh last week, like kicking to the corner. Oh, going through the routine. Yeah, yeah. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. Dave, let's go through the, the game because Connacht were nine points down in this game. Alan, just before this podcast, made a point that Leinster do have a tendency to get into lead like a nine-point lead and just think, oh, that's it, done. They were dominating for a while now. They dominated up until, I'd say up until about the 50th minute because the first five minutes of the second half, again, they had all the ball, we were under pressure, we were under pressure. But what, what we didn't do that a lot of teams have done against Leinster is we didn't cough up the silly try. Yeah. We didn't cough up. I mean, yes, we had a little bit of luck with the TMO, but it was a clear forward pass. We had fantastic D... In it, to stop them on the line, I think it was Maka went over. I'm not 100 sure, but he was held up. And then after that, they never got. They got close, but they never got too close. But for 50, 60 minutes, I think everybody's agreed that Leinster were miles on top. And I come back. I think there was another huge tackle. I think Dave Mack made a tackle yes. on somebody right Carney. in the middle of the field. And Rob Carney, Rob Carney stopped Rob them Carney. stone dead. We get a penalty from that. And then <laughs> well, beliefs. And that was. I mean, every tackle. I think it was four penalties in a row were caused from Leinster going over the top after somebody making heroic tackle. Small things. Nihi makes a massive tackle here, turns over the ball, knocks himself out, can't come out for the second half. It's that sort of little effort that we never got before. Um, my only caveat on the entire thing tonight is, and it's something that we have to say, is that if we've lost Willie Falloon for any period of time, yeah. we're in trouble. Yeah. Simply because we don't have a seven. How about we we, we got to come back to that, because we've got to come back to the injuries. We've got to come back to what's happened to Jake Heenan, and, and, because that's the negative side of things. And Falloon. The second I saw him injured, I felt it was a massive blow. I just want to say something about back to Leinster, though. They do seem to play into our hands over and over again. I was going to criticise Pat O'Connor a bit on that, but it's successive managements that fall into this trap. And... And I was just going to say that what they do is when they get a big tackle against them like that, they react petulantly. They they come in from the side. They feel like they have to get a big contact. Whereas what happens with Munster is we put the big hit in, but Munster stay calm. They stay at the breakdown. They take okay, we've been driven back, but we're not going to give them a penalty as well. Leinster always give you that penalty. On top it, it, it's an arrogance. It's it's the inbuilt arrogance that that you know having played rugby over there and having played against some of the schoolboys over there. There's an inbuilt arrogance that that you know we are better than you. We know we're better than you. What are you doing hitting us? You shouldn't be hitting us. You know, we're meant to come here and win. We're top of the we're the champions. We've got all these internationals as myself and William did at the start as they were running past us, we were going, There's an international, there's an international, he's a lion, international, international. Holy cow, what are we gonna do in here today? You know, it's it's there's an arrogance that that you know they it seemed they got rid of under Joe Smith, but it seems to be coming back in it now. Which, which is not gonna help them. No, it's, it's not going to help them and it, it also helps that Connacht seem to just play the man rather than the jersey now unfortunately when we play Munster we tend to play the jersey and not the man it doesn't matter who's playing it doesn't matter who's playing it could be some guy that they've picked up on the side of the road and put in a Munster jersey and Ulster are a different situation altogether um, Leinster have had problems here I think this might be four out of seven games they've lost here right uh, a commentator for Golly FM should know that carry on um, we're looking it up before I did <laughs> Look that part up. <laughs> Legitimate fair point to be raised. 
again, hate to be the nerd here, but in the I've, I've looked I've looked at the percentage stats against we have against the various teams. Now we have a great record. Of course, the Italian teams have a great record and a very good record against the Dragons. Look at the Irish teams: twenty-one percent victory percentage against yeah. against Leinster, five percent victory percentage against Munster. It's just like <laughs> yeah. it just stands out in how terrible it is. Yeah, yeah, there's no question. And away from home, it's unbelievably bad. But let's look at that. I like the way you said they played a played a man, or played a, they don't play the man, they play the jersey, and they play the fact that just there's a number opposite me, and they're going to take him on. For example, afterwards, John will do on TV we're saying you know that tackle from Robbie when he hit their 10 when he hit their 10 like that like I just love the the unintentional kind of disrespect I suppose that Leinster will take from it that we always get against us it's not that he forgot who Jimmy Gottbert was it's that he was playing exactly like you're saying he was playing 15 Leinster jerseys as far as he was concerned absolutely and one of the issues that if you <laughs> lies damn lies in statistics but I think we had lost 12 interprovincial matches in a row up until well 11 in a row that would have been 12 yeah. that would have been 12 now the problem with that is if you take those games out of a season you're trying to score your points then in 16 games and it's something that has been addressed tonight and now the next time we have an interprovincial is way to Leinster in December One of, and then two more after that Ulster away yeah Ulster away seven days later and then five days later at home here to Munster and that's a scary looking schedule but it's nights like tonight you've got to go back to what you did tonight and don't worry about it go for it but you need to get some points out of these type of games you you can't just write them off well, hopefully at that stage we'll have Bundyaki. fit Mulde, you know, a, a, a fit yeah. Bundyaki and a, and a McCarthy playing at hookers or our, our prop, whichever. Although, again, I thought I thought um, our loose head name just gone out of my head. Bugsy was incredible tonight. He was under massive pressure early on, and he changed it. Although Willie Falloon, I don't know if you noticed it, after the third second scrum, Willie Falloon went to the ref and said, "He's boring in ref." The number three is boring in. I could see him, like I could, I could lip read him from distance. That and he was, he was, he and he was, was boring he in. Didn't he didn't emphasize that enough to come. Yeah, but but you can see that the ref must have done something about it because all of a sudden, Buckley was just hammering him. The scrum here that went, they almost ran backwards. Yeah. We ran the Leinster scrum backwards. It was incredible. And this this is this is a guy who's not even anywhere close to the Irish setup. Dave, I, I love nights like this. I love rugby like this. I love rugby where the biggest cheer of the night. Marmion strike probably I'd argue Hench- the cheer for Henshaw's tackle was even louder I, I love the intensity I, I, I could take a 10-9 anyway it's I don't I can't it, I'm, glad I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not broadcasting because you you genuinely uh, listen to you most times you and Joe remain remarkably calm I'm shaking I'm shaking up there I'm like I'm doing I, I'm I'm trying to do online stuff and online and marking with the balls in the pitch and I have no idea I lost track of what I was supposed to be doing you get caught up in the emotion and it's great because otherwise there's two things that could happen one you're just disengaged from the game or two you're so upset by it going wrong that you just don't yeah. care so it's great and I mean small things I actually had to check were we top of the league when the clan is sitting top of the league and we are and why don't we celebrate top of the league why aren't we celebrating we should an intense chant I didn't know what you were saying at first over the commentary I was trying to listen to it and I was like it was like some sort of Maori kind of you're walking through the jungle and you're just going to hear something at the other side what made it even better was you could suddenly see the boys suddenly start rising are we? yeah we are as Leinster are walking in they're listening to this we are top of the league it's pretty it's hardly going to affect them in the long run of things but yeah 
one of the things about the commentary, maybe just a little bit of give you an idea what it's like for us. Like we are kind of punching the air when the try goes in, and there's lots of Aaron's up there doing the stats. Aaron Burney, and he's by the way, he's he's a genius up there. Aaron in the background. People don't realize Aaron just he picks up on everything. He was like, Marmion's going to get his break after ten minutes. He says to me at halftime, he says they're getting loose around the edges. He's telling me stuff about tackles. I saw McCarthy go in from the side early on and drop his shoulder in at the rook. I was raging about it in the commentary. Joe disagreed with me, as he does sometimes. Aaron's behind me going, you're spot on. You dropped the shoulder. I was like, cheers, Aaron. So we have great crack up there, but the intensity at the end, and the best thing about it too, what makes these games great, is you get so many great situations with Connick. You get a scrum on the 22, last minute, William. Game's on the line. Can we lock it down? That's worth the 20 quid. Absolutely, is worth the twenty quid. The Friday night games are also considerably better than yes. the Saturday night games, yeah. and this t- tonight proved it. And I hope somebody really takes notice of this. It's a different atmosphere, and it's a better atmosphere. People coming in from work, they're ready for the weekend, and this place was bouncing this evening. And when this ground bounces, and I've been around the world in a lot of stadiums, it, there might only be seven thousand people here, but the noise level and the excitement is rivals anywhere when it's going. And Friday night is the it's to me is the future and I was saying that three years ago when they started moving all yeah, the games to like Saturday there was an awful lot of dead dead days in here like the clan seemed to have lost the buzz that it had the first year but tonight was back to actually I couldn't hear you at one stage I was the radio in my ear I've got a noise cancelling headphones and I still couldn't hear you but the noise that was bouncing around here uh, I mean I mean, I, I totally agree with William I think William is the guys in the, in the clan have a much better idea of exactly what the atmosphere is like yeah. and there's we, the last time we had anything vaguely approaching this was to lose last year yeah. last time we had anything approaching that in terms of just in raw emotion was Harlequin's game but there was special circumstances behind that we need I mean you're not going to get that atmosphere at every game but I do think I, and I, to a certain degree their, their hand has been forced TV rights have gone but fair play to TG4 putting the game on Friday night yeah. knew themselves TG4 could easily have gone, well, we'll give it to Sky because it's two big teams in Ireland I don't think Saturday afternoon would work here I think Friday nights work here and you know I'm quite happy to support our local broadcasters <laughs> yeah and they, they back us to, to the hilt as well Like, but I just see their they're on the pitch now they're getting the dogs ready for tomorrow because there's no dogs here late tonight it's going to be the latest dog session just in case there's two games tomorrow we're playing Leinster the under-19s are playing at 2pm the under-20s are playing at 4pm I know more guys in the under-19 team because they're all the guys who come out from the schools final between Sligo and Athlone last year the, the Matthew Cosgrove we said it was basically was the Sligo team yeah. and got them over the line uh, he's going to be captaining aside from six he played centre in that final the best player for Athlone can't even get onto the squad it's a really good under-19 squad I don't know an awful lot about the under-20s but they did win last, last yeah, scrappy last game according yeah. to uh, James, uh, James Crombie from Info yeah, yeah, but I'd also say the best player in that school's final is a guy called Ryan Fairley he won man of the match he's playing he's playing fullback for the under 18s they're up in Nace tomorrow and if you're intrally and you happen to be a Connacht fan the women are playing at half two down in Munster so they can win that as well so, so that's all tomorrow that's Dave it's a podcast <laughs> uh, now I have to get it out before 10 o'clock so that's relevant <laughs> it's okay you can do it Rob you I can, have to we, get up we about 7am we, we, we have faith it's not as though they're mowing the sand tonight <laughs> we have a we have a, a round off to do. Let's get some audio from post game, and I want to talk to you afterwards as well about about the uh, the post game situation because it's really interesting. But yeah, let's listen to what Kieran Marmion, Pat Lamb, and John Muldoon had to say after the game. Yeah, I was just saying, I don't remember too much of it, but uh, obviously it was a great team performance tonight, the character we showed. Uh, towards the end of that first half and towards the end of the second half, I mean, it's just uh, great to continue the winning run. Yeah, the whole place is definitely different at the moment. Um, I mean, obviously, having such a good start to the season has, has lifted everyone around the province. Um, 
the two first games of the season which we won probably games in the past we would have lost so it's definitely um, great that people are turning up and hopefully it's just continue we're getting more experience and it's all about trust and defence and uh, working hard and working early um, we've put a bit of work into it over the last few weeks um, probably more than we had done um, pre, um, I suppose earlier in, this, in the pre-season and we're, pr- we're probably seeing the rewards for it uh, it's defence is something that you've you've got to want to do it. Um, it's different than attack. You can have individuals with flair and brilliance, but defence is about hard work and people buying into it and working extremely hard. And penny to a man down there, everyone will work hard for you, and you'll know you'll get that. And once the trust comes in and the working hard is in there, and you and I suppose the, the main thing for us is we've a lot of young lads and they've got to work smart and they're starting to figure it out now. So um, we can only get better. I, I was just asked there that um, we were quite bullish at the start of the season. Uh, me and Pat in the in the launch of the t- of the thing about how we thought we had the best squad and we'd recruited very well, um, and we wanted to get top six. Uh, our, the management have been telling us the top six doesn't come in April. If you're second or third from bottom in April, it's too late. You've got to get top six at the, at the start and keep your position there. So if we had to start, well, the question I said inside is, where's Bundy and Mills and Tom going to fit in there? Who, who are you going to drop? Lads are doing well, so uh, it's good, good position to be in. Pat Lamb, I mean, I don't know where to start. Three from three, you couldn't have dreamed for a better start. Um, you know, there's, you know, probably probably the biggest thing is, is around... Um, Belief. Yeah. That's the thing, and that was the focus, you know, that we've we've had. It's uh, I'm trying to, is that, uh, but belief comes from the work that we're doing. You know, and I've been saying it all last year around our process. But part of the reason we go to Sligo, Leitrim, Common, Mayo, and Galway, and and we do a lot of work in there, is because I said to the boys, at the end of the day, when you get down to these sort of moments, the last three games we've had. You got to know who you represent, and you know we saw those faces of the kids in there, and you got to know who you who you're standing next to because um, that's what's going to get you through. And um, you know I've been there before, and I know what it's like. And 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 all the stuff we do off the field, that's what's coming through because we know we said afterwards it wasn't perfect. You know we got a lot of stuff that we still got to fix. But um, when you throw that sort of belief and that sort of togetherness and culture, jeez, you can you can you can do anything. The thing I haven't seen in a Connacht team before is the way they can turn things around within a game. So take the scrum, for example, or take even a few lineups that went astray in the second half but didn't seem to knock you back. Well, one of the things that we have, like I said, we're very inexperienced. We've got a young side, but we put a lot of focus on being calm. You know, and experienced guys, and that's, you know, when you... Um, when you have uh, a lot of young guys, it's really important to just calm out there. And we focused on that this uh, most of this year, and said, you know, we don't need to get erratic and, and panic. It's just calm. We trust what we we trust our uh, tactics, we trust our systems. And when we get those moments when the crowd's going crazy and everyone's going crazy around you, breathe. Key guys know who to speak instead of everyone speaking. And it's just all about being calm and clear on what we got to do because that's what comes back. Because we know we can't be. We're not the sort of team. We don't have internationals to say, you go win it for us. What it is about, if you come and we know what we're doing, then we can attack teams as a team. Def- defensively, just to f- finish the amazing performance, but teams are going to have to really try and figure this conic defence out now because it is stifling teams. Yeah, we, you know, again, I started it last year and it's it's all about shape, you know, and, and then once you get your shape, so there's a lot of tactical stuff we have to do one-on-one. A lot of the coaches are working with them around understanding uh, and I talk about shape anticipation, making sure that 
that, you know, I've got guys who work really hard. The problem is on attack and defence, they were doing a lot of running all over the place. And But it's just understanding where you got to be, and hence the reason I asked for a lot of money for analysis for the uh, for the RFE, because you have to teach the guys, you know, we have to educate guys on the game. And, you know, I said before, good players play the game, great players know the game. And, and the more knowledge we can get into guys around our systems and what we're doing, they, mate, they, they actually enjoy the game. All they've got to go out there is bring what they've been doing all the time, but channel it into uh, to our team systems. That is the busiest post-game press conference I've ever come across. There were so many different people we, there. We are so... We said this last week. We, we can predict, I can predict who's going to be there on Monday. We actually, we actually didn't have everybody there. We're going to be there on Monday. We, had, we didn't even have everybody there on Monday. Yeah. Oh, we had a change. Uh, young Dara Small, good guy, he really He's in the Indo. He was there. So we still the three people, myself, Lindley and Dara were there. But you expect it's Leinster. I'm not saying necessarily that it's a Friday night and call it to top of the league. I have a feeling that there won't be as many people in the Glasgow game. And that includes the Scots there. Um, we had representatives of every newspaper. We had RT Radio. We had TG4. We had the two biggest online sports uh, pages as well. We had everybody. Um, Separate no, interviews for print press and radio press. No, I have to say, the, the two guys that were there tonight uh, uh, were Langer from, from, from News Talk and uh, Murray Kinsler from this journal. Both good guys. Both knew their stuff. Oshin's just saying goodbye there. See you, Oshin. We're doing our podcast. Come in our podcast for a second. Oshin Langen from News Talk. Cameo. What do you think? Oh, what an amazing night. First of all, I have to talk about the atmosphere. I mean, before the game, there was a great atmosphere around the town. Then getting into the ground, it was absolutely rocking. First half looked like the Connacht that we've seen so often in the past. Hanging in there, but making a lot of mistakes. And you wonder when those mistakes were going to cost. Mm. Um, we don't really have the benefit of looking properly at the TMO decisions, but a TMO has the benefit of looking at them five, six, seven plus times. So you have to believe that he got them right, Seamus mm. Flannery. Uh, at halftime, once Leinster couldn't get that try, once Connacht held on and held them out right on the line, after a series of phases, you sense maybe something was going to happen here because of the way Connacht's season has gone so far. Same as last week in Edinburgh. Yeah. Poor in the first half, pulled it out of the fire in the second. That's Good the calmness and belief that Pat Lamb was talking about. That's it. And you can see where that's coming from with Pat. Yeah. Um, you know, I've spoken to him a few times sporadically since he's got here. You're obviously speaking to him all the time, so you know that better than me. I spoke to him in 2005 in New Zealand, and I got even the sense then, God, there's something likable about this guy. There's something can. There's, yeah. there's a leadership quality about him. And that's when he was coaching Auckland. But and even he's as a, a very bitter, he's a seriously, he's a seriously passionate rugby man. He is. Yeah. He's, yeah. You know, I've been to a couple of training sessions here, you know, to to attend him, and he's just so passionate. And if you ask a question, it's like you know, you're asking God a question. He just just focuses on you so much and then really interested in why you're asking that particular question he answers it and then wants to know why were you asking that question what was it about you know that mm. angle you were looking at he, he really is a hugely intense man brilliant this is brilliant because it does bear, bear something he did say after the game that we all picked up on which was the refereeing at the ocean you were pushing on that one remember after the Harlequins game last year uh, no and it was just he actually we, somebody asked a question a very innocent I think I think one of the lads asked a very innocent question about was he happy with the referee and suddenly the video was out and we are looking at the video <laughs> this is at the press first, first of all, first of all we're, all, we're all print and radio so it kind of lost a little bit of his impact but um, he pulled it out and he has ready to go because he knows he's going to talk about this and this is right this preparation but even for a press conference the guy is prepping so you can imagine that preparation goes in and he really was passionate but he still said, we can't blame the referee. So he's still, he's still aware of his politics. <laughs> Final word before you get on the motorway back to Dublin, Oshin. Yeah. You mentioned the atmosphere. On amazing night. And uh, mm-hmm. this was the first time I've ever actually watched a game in the sports grounds from the Clan Terrace. Because every other time I've done a game at the sports grounds, it's been from over there in the stand okay, in someone's yeah. office. And look, that's grand. It's a good viewing point and all that. But 
like it was just amazing over here and you know they were they were getting on the back of the referee whether he did or didn't make bad calls I'm not sure but I know yeah we we never do that over here I, I was shocked I was shocked but a great atmosphere and look it's, it's no good unless the players go through their processes and do what they have to do. But it certainly helps. And you can see it in their eyes even when they come in off the, uh, uh, off the turf, you know, going in at halftime. You can see they're kind of drawing off the crowd. You could hear it in John Muldoon's comments after the game that they're drawing off the crowd. You could hear it with Pat Lamb. You know, they've built something and the crowd are behind them now. And that takes a little bit of pressure off. It makes it easier to you know, go out there and do your stuff. And I have to say as well before I go about Kieran Marmion, Spark of Genius. I mean, I think we all know from watching him, he's got that in his locker and he was just so slippery in how he got away and he left defenders dead. And it looked like that might look easy yeah. from when we from where we watched it, yeah. but to actually go the distance, yeah. he yeah. did through one of the best defences in Europe. That's pretty impressive. Look, it's a great night for Connick. It's a deserved victory. That's the thing as well. It is a deserved victory. It's not a fluke. You get the feeling whether or not they can hang on in there and be challenging for the league, I don't know, but you get the feeling that they can certainly challenge maybe for top four because they've got big guys to come in and John Muldoon was joking where, where are Mulyaina and Bundyaki going to fit in do you know what I mean will they play for the Eagles I don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> British and Irish Cup it should be pretty good pleasure lads Actually, Langan commentator as well uh, in, on Monster Games for Tip FM and he's uh, with News Talk too so thanks for joining us Oshin if you're listening to us later in the week lads let's wrap this up let's bring it home so just a quick one on that try Oshin mentioned the fact that it was their best defence their 13 Macken was injured the play before it and oh, he was yeah. gone, and he wasn't there oh. to cover. We, well, I haven't seen it on TV yet, but it, you know, William spotted it as well. We both looked at him. Well, he was gone because as the, as we kicked the, the conversion, he came off the Darcy field. He was being lined up to come on beforehand. He came on the media right. after, but he was yeah. being lined up. So whether Mac and have been carrying that for a few minutes, yeah, I don't know. We were getting ready to, to text this man because this is what we do. We, we give him the information from this side of the field. We saw him. We knew he was injured. Let's get over next week. I mean, carrying the momentum on Williamson. I love I love watching Glasgow. I think one of the, they were one of the best teams to play. Townsend has always been an absolute gent, especially because occasionally you, the thing you'll find, the things you'll find with with the Scottish teams is they, they do they don't their their journalists don't come over. They get the feed off us. And you'd expect the coach who doesn't know anybody in the room to be a little bit standoffish, but I always find Gregor Townsend yeah. lovely. I love the I think Masawaru is one of the great best players who sh- who nobody knows about. Uh, two years ago we were we were it was a game like tonight, and then they brought on they brought on uh, the two they brought on the two Lions, Maitland, who completely destroyed us, Lamont completely destroyed us. That's what they have, they have strength and depth. But hell. Even if we lose that game, we still got twelve points. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, games like exactly. this, you win away from them. We're looking at a home semi-final in the Pro 12 playoffs. I know, Rob. Now, come on, that, that's a real Anyone? Google. That's a Anyone? Google uh, moment in this Anyone? podcast. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll be mowing the sand again, Rob. Oh, at that rate. Nice. <laughs>